Excuse me, what is going on here? But first we're going to make a little detour. So absurd, so questionable. Yeah, I guess we're just the weirdos. Expect the detour. Evan, how are you feeling today? Are you feeling like high and mad? Are you feeling good? Uh, I mean, it, it goes day by day. Yeah, well, know? I'm talking about today. <laughs> What's How is it today? Today, pretty high right It's now. a pretty high day? Pretty high day. What do you think about that, Alan? That's, I've, I've got a great feeling about what's to come. Yeah, yeah. It, we, can't have, we can't let that happen. Because there's been a few times in the past episodes that you've had good days. Your pants are a little looser. Your, your, your buttons are buttoned all the way up. I think the just, words high horse have been used yeah, a time a or two. Horse. I just think I'm better than you most days. And Well, here's a, here's a thing. Uh, we have told people that you need to be cut down that you can't be up on a high horse you've hired assassins no no mostly because i'm i don't have the money for that nor do i know people skilled enough to be an assassin you know yeah I'm I'm good enough if I can find people that can tie shoes. They all the only people the people I know Velcro shoes 100 percent, and they don't even do well with those. They're like half on, half off. It's terrible. You think you could hire Alan? You could you be, be an assassin? I think I could. Um, I've been working on doing uh, tucks and rolls on the ground. <laughs> Which and is the, the bedrock of assassination. That's, I think that's where their training starts. And this week I've been focusing a lot on when somebody opens a door, I just put myself up against yeah, the wall. Yeah, yourself against you the know, wall. Do you think Lee Harvey Oswald did a little tuck and roll before he shot Kennedy? Lee Harvey Oswald obviously did not shoot Kennedy. But hypothetically, yeah, he did. I don't want to get into your conspiracy <laughs> theories. <laughs> Here he goes again. <laughs> Yeah. Do you think John Wilkes Booth kind of did a tuck and roll I mean, in his three-piece suit right yeah, into the, yeah, he the VIP did. booth? A Confederate man known to be limber. A man, not too a, limber. <laughs> a man of the theater, you know? Well, not too limber because he jumped out of the, the terrace and broke his broke his ankle. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, oh. that's a, I was, I'm not making that up. Legitimately broke his ankle <laughs> after jumping out and he yelled something. I think he should have tucked and rolled when he jumped off the That's terrace. That's what I'm saying. So, yeah. Like, really, he used all his tuck and roll What did he? What points. did he yell? He was like, gotcha. <laughs> Heads up. <laughs> Four score and not today. <laughs> um, it was something Latin. E pluribus unum. No, it That's wasn't E pluribus unum. That's why I put it on the, do- the dollar. <laughs> He yelled six Semper Tyrannus, mm-hmm. which yeah. makes it sound like he's an autistic person talking about dinosaurs. He's trying to get like the scientific name and he, he's just a little off. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to imagine he shot Lincoln and just decided he wanted everybody to know his favorite dinosaur. You know, it's it's arguably his most famous moment. So whatever he said in the moment, he was like, this is going to live on for ages. I'm going to just I think my favorite dinosaur is the way to go. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to do it. It's it's a funny thought to me to think about like John Wilkes Booth driving up to the theater that night and being like, I should really say something after it, you know? Like I, I like I wonder if he like was looking in the mirror and like practicing his lines. Well, he's a he, he was a former actor, so yeah, I mean, you know he's got a, he's got experience doing that. Yeah, so I, you know I, I'd like to think he was like six Tyrannus. No, it's not that's not good enough. I get more passion. I need more passion with it. Six serious Tyrannus. I, I don't even remember what he said. I'm you think he ran his lines with somebody? You know. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he just kind of like walked through the whole thing. He's like, "All right, now I'm gonna shoot you in the head, and then I'm gonna say my line." Like, what play is this again? <laughs> <laughs> shoot you, say my line. Back to the, the topic at hand. If I knew a John Wilkes Booth and or Lee Harvey Oswald, um, also, do all assassins have three names? Like, do we all just name assassins based on their? There's like first a there's name? a theory about that. I mean, those are the only two that I can think of. There's the guy that also shot MLK. He he had a three name. Yeah, the Federal Bureau of Investigation. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes! Yikes! <laughs> the hard hitting facts here tonight. <laughs> James Earl Ray. Yeah, what James is Earl what's Ray, with yeah. that? What's with the whole three name thing? Maybe they usually just go by their first and last name, but like they just put their middle name in there so in case there's like another James Ray out. Yeah, you there, don't want like yeah, James James <laughs> Philip Ray to be like, oh no, I wouldn't. That wasn't me. <laughs> that wasn't me. <laughs> I believed in his dream. <laughs> But um, in saying that, back to the top, Evan, you're on your high horse. You're on your high horse, and a few weeks ago, we asked people 
to cut you down, to target your insecurities. I, we asked them to go after you with aggression. And we have somebody that uh, wrote in. Alan, do you want to read what this person said? I would absolutely love to read this. <laughs> and Evan, I want, you, I want you to listen to this and really take it to heart and realize. I'm sure he went easy on me. There's a, sure there's a real wordsmith here. Yeah, like Zach said, he does not give his name. Um, That's probably strategic. For his own protection. <laughs> So he starts off, hey, questionable detour, guys. I've been binging your episodes. Just got to the episode where Evan is all up on his high horse. Like, what's with that guy? Am I right? You, you are right. Yeah, right? What, we, that's what we've been saying. Nah. He says, I'm kind of upset that nobody else has written in and put him on blast. So I, I guess I'll help you guys take him down a notch. So I have some things to put that communist crotch clown in his place. <laughs> Evan is a pig nut and a bloodhound, the likes of which has not been seen under the sun. I don't even know what a pig nut is. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good one. I don't know what it is either. I can, with good conscience, consider Evan a fart lard and an enemy of God. <laughs> I love the enemy of God. It's, just, it's so serious. It re- it really paints a picture. Yeah. Did he say fart lard? Fart lard. A fart. You're a fat fart. Fat Lord. You're a fat fart and God fart hates Lord. you. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the lowest uh, insults, I think. <laughs> Here are some other things to call Evan next time he gets all high and mighty. Ugh. An incomprehensible jizz trumpet. <laughs> a totish ill-breeding pimple. A chromosome-rejecting worm. I like that one. I really <laughs> like chromosome-rejecting. Your little Down syndrome worm <laughs> is what you are. <laughs> A disappointing son of a motherless goat, <laughs> which is just incredibly specific. Yeah, that's... An egg and pig of treachery. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. <laughs> and finally, slutty sphincter hammer. <laughs> that's my favorite one. You like slutty sphincter hammer? That's a, that's a good one. Anyway, I hope this makes him cry and helps the world reach peace. <laughs> But for real, I don't know how you guys aren't more well known. You guys are so funny. Peace. <laughs> and he was out, dude. He just he, he said all that and just peaced out. Evan, what do you think about that? Well, how did you feel after that? Well, I gotta say, it's pretty cowardly to write all that and not put your name. He did in put it. his name, he unless his not. name is Peace, but I doubt it. Yeah, maybe. Listen here, Peace. You're right about all everything. Yeah, you said. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm not gonna. Lie. You're a communist crotch yeah. clown, and you know it. <laughs> Slutty sphincter hammer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just who I am. But it doesn't make me feel any worse. Uh, no. I'm still up here. I'm still riding high, you yeah. know, yeah. riding the waves of confidence and glory because, I don't know, I'm just, uh, just better. You just, I'm just better. Evan's going to have to have more piled on, uh, on top of him. Yeah, we're gonna I do don't. I don't more. think that was enough. I think we read that, and the thing we come away from is yes, we agree, but also it's a good start. Yeah. <laughs> the first step's always the hardest, and I'm glad we took it. But I mean, it's a marathon, mm-hmm. you know, not a sprint. Yeah, yeah. With the destruction of Evans, luckily the way security. these the way these things go is you just need somebody to break the seal, if you will. Yeah. Now, now everybody like will start flooding in. Do it like that seal, like you're clubbing a seal. Yes, you like you're clubbing the seal. This, so you need to break that seal's body. He is. Okay. He is. So we need to club the seal, a.k.a. we need to club Evan. I prefer if he didn't, but I will say it is a war, and that was the first <laughs> battle. I feel like uh, he tried to bring a phalanx hmm. to an ambush, and mm-hmm. it did not go well for him because I'm still here. How did you ambush him? Uh, <laughs> he thought what he was doing was coming straight for me. Yeah. yeah. Little did he know, I'm right behind him. You had said all those things about yourself yeah, the whole time anyway. I had already been there. <laughs> We'd already been down this this landscape and trip. You on. wake uh-huh. up every morning and go, I am such an unconceivable jizz trumpet. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. even this morning I said, Slutty Sphincter Hammer? Yeah. And I looked, you looked in, the in the mirror. mirror I was like, oh, and you're that's, like that's, that's probably right. You know how people will try to um, be inspirational and they'll write quotes and stuff on the mirror? That's You just have Slutty Sphincter Hammer yeah. just written on the mirror and it's just an arrow <laughs> to where you stand. Yeah. <laughs> It kind of just has my face circled, so yeah. I kind of stand in it, and I'm like, yeah. so right. You got a nice needlepoint from your grandmother that says, uh, an egg and a pig of treachery. <laughs> That's what her last birthday card to me said. So uh. <laughs> hung it up on my mirror. Oh, man. Well, what it sounds like is more people need to write in and let Evan have it. I dare you. <laughs> He's daring you. Dare Look at the confidence of, of this guy. It's I mean, unnatural. Zach, he was—he just took a lot. He did. He took a lot right there. I—I I don't know how much more of this he can take. 
I sit on a podcast with you two every week, just <laughs> absolutely railing into me. Whoa. I think just, <laughs> just absolutely just praising friends coming for me. No, and if I have pushing down into yet, you, yeah. <laughs> 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 I haven't backed down yet. <laughs> One little email's not going to do it. Listen, thank you to the anonymous listener that wrote that in. It was a good start. At the end of the day, Evan's saying it's going to take a lot more of that. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's going to take a lot more. Maybe cut him a little more deep. It was too vague. But um, welcome to Questionable Detour. Let's do some hypotheticals. Dave, can I pose a somewhat abstract, purely hypothetical question? I guess I, I want to apologize for asking a hypothetical question. Well, that's a hypothetical question. So for our first hypothetical today, boys, we have the question of when you're invited to a child's birthday party, mm. which we often are, we're yeah. around children. We love often. kids, but yeah. not too much. Not too much. Never too much. Just enough. Um, not too little either. <laughs> we don't hurt them. We don't push them. Uh, yeah. Oh, I mean, we push them some. I'm not going to get in there. We push them if they if they try to cut in line, you know, oh, yeah. in front of us. They're disrespectful to them. We'll slap them across the face. We'll hit them. We'll hit them. Yeah, yeah. Because I think at the end of the day, it's it's if the child's not being disciplined, it's our job to do it for them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> We've weirdly taken on that job. <laughs> um, anyway, when you get invited to a child's birthday party, what do you what do you do when you're there? We're at the age where a lot of our friends have kids, so this happens. This actually does happen a lot. Mm-hmm. So here's what I do. Here's what I do when I go to a kid's birthday party. We all love history. Yes? Yes. Yes. I make them recreate D-Day. I pick out the more racist kids, because we all know racist kids. You can always identify one, I think. The skinheads, the swastika tattoos on them (laughs) that I personally tattooed on them. Because I need the I need a side of the you know mm-hmm. the battle, and I and I, I I tattoo some swastikas on some children, and I put them in little you you know SS uniforms, and put the other more patriotic children on the other side, mm-hmm. and we storm the beach in Normandy. Okay. It's not it's obviously not the beach in France. There might be a lake or something. Yeah, sitting out back, we get some tubs, <laughs> plastic tubs. <laughs> we put those little kids in those cool like World War Two yeah. helmets in there, mm-hmm. and. <laughs> You've got a kid in the tub throwing up before he hits the <laughs> land. Yeah, he's like he's like clutching a picture of his his <laughs> girlfriend. <laughs> you know, yeah, he sticks it uh, in his helmet. Yeah, he puts it back in his helmet. You got a kid with a cigarette in his ear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those the front of those tubs open up and just bullets start <laughs> flying over these kids. And it looks like a it looks like the scene from Save It Private Ryan. Mm-hmm. Like we have the. The anti-tank crossbars. Y'all know what I'm talking <laughs> yeah, about, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And like, we have, we have uh, razor wire and barbed wire. And those kids have to storm the beach in Normandy because they need to appreciate what happened. Mm-hmm. But anyway, on the beach, quote unquote beach, we got machine gunners nests. Mm-hmm. And, you know, those little Nazi kids are in there letting it rip. It's questionable if these are real guns. I haven't decided yet. <laughs> <laughs> you got Nerf bullets flying through? Or yeah, no, no. Mm-hmm. It's just orange bullets if, whizzing past Just their good head. water guns. It's got the super soakers out there. <laughs> If anything, if anything, they are real guns with blanks. I want the noise, you know? Mm. And I put very big fireworks out there to, mm. you know, simulate explosions. They're, it's a little more festive, a little more bright, mm-hmm. lots of colors. <laughs> it seems like Dr. Seuss's rendition of what D-Day would be like. <laughs> lots of colors and stuff like There is Cat in the Hat out there. <laughs> there's Got weird the- creatures. Just like- <laughs> the Lorax is like a no-nonsense sergeant. <laughs> Everybody's just rhyming. I speak for the trees. <laughs> yeah, you know, green eggs and ham, you know. Uh, Dr. Seuss was classically racist, so he's probably on the side of the Nazis. Yeah. But <laughs> he's got the weird lanky creatures on yeah. his side. <laughs> Red fish, blue fish, one fish, two fish. Just and all of a sudden, that, those tubs, <laughs> doors fall down and bullets start flying over them. These kids are yelling, go, go, go. You know, you have kids dragging another kid <laughs> off the beach. We, they have their, their guns, put uh, uh, bayonets on them, and I make them charge at each other, mm. you know? I'm like, if you, you're fighting tyranny right now, boys. I give them a little speech on the... So are you in one of the boats, like kind of yeah, co- like, coaching them? There's a big tub out in the middle, and that's my battleship, and it's rocking, but it's not very stable out there, especially since I'm an adult. <laughs> 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 and, you know, I, But the battleship is just... An inflatable kid's pool. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like a bounce house. 
I'm like, hey, let's get this bounce house here on that pond. In the you got a of the megaphone and you're just yelling, fix bayonets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have all the tubs tied to it out in the middle of the pond. And we're like, all right, let's get those tubs. It's it's not it's not graceful, you know, because kids are falling in. And, you know, it doesn't look great. But eventually they get in. So um, one of the one of the cool things about the invasion of Normandy is that uh, there were a lot of paratroopers. Yeah. Do you ever... Uh, Ever have anybody acting that out? It's difficult to because I don't have <laughs> planes. Mm-hmm. But what we do is we strap a kid to a rope uh-huh. and then sling it over a, uh, a tree branch. Mm-hmm. And we just get the rest of the kids yeah. to pull on it. He goes up in the air. There it is. You know, and <laughs> doesn't deploy a parachute. It does, he doesn't. Do, he deploys a It's like, you know. <laughs> He's got like a Walmart bag yeah. hanging above his head. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't have the same effect of thousands of paratroopers falling mm-hmm. because it's kind of a one of a time. Mm-hmm. It's only one tree in the backyard. I mean, come on. <laughs> like, you know, you, you get the picture of it. You get they it just perfect. keep pulling him up yeah. and down. So it looks like there's a lot. Same guy over and over again. <laughs> like, little Timmy, you're the you're the paratrooper here. Go, go strap on. <laughs> so you have a bunch of tubs of, of the machines. Tubs, not like... Tubs. Well, you have fat kids too. We do they have don't fat work kids. In the tub, but. Just beaching a bunch of fat kids <laughs> yeah. and running on top of them. Tubs. <laughs> but do you have like speakers playing the engine noise of the? We have one kid, usually an autistic kid, that just kind of makes the engine noise. <laughs> so you got Timmy over there making engine noises. Horton hears a who tossing nades <laughs> over into the. <laughs> but that autistic kid, he he knows the sounds. Yeah, he he's like yeah. this is a this is a B four class. <laughs> Uh, transporter, uh, I'm going to get this right. <laughs> Historically accurate. I will now do a B-24 bomber. <laughs> What's weird is we have about 36 tubs. That means there's a lot of kids. A lot of little autistic kids we've got to put in each of those. <laughs> the kids with the speech impediments, do you make them the Nazis? <laughs> I find that kids with the speech impediments tend to be the most racist. <laughs> Do you teach them like loose German? Just like yeah, yeah, nine, <laughs> nine, <laughs> so they can only communicate in yes yeah. and no. <laughs> no. Um, you know, in Saving Private Ryan, there's like that scene where the guy gets his legs blown off. Well, we we get the the local wheelchair kid, mm-hmm. Lieutenant Dan looking kid, and <laughs> 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 just put him out the beach. And just like the paratrooper, the paratrooper kid has one job. He just goes up and down. The kid with missing legs, mm-hmm. he just is on the beach. And we just you scream, just yell, just yell on the beach. If the kid ever gets tired, does that autistic guy go yell for him? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, maybe we dress up a kid like Hitler and put him in the back and go, this is what you're fighting against. There Murder you go. There's him. your goal. And I guess after the battle's kind of done, do we just... Go get cake and ice cream. That's you know how. Uh, that's how two ended. I think. I think that's. Yeah. yeah. I think that's how. Well, is that? Do you have like the skinniest kids kind of around the cake <laughs> and ice cream? And it's like when the Americans finally break through the lines. Yeah, we and then Berlin. they kind of liberate the the skinny kids with the mm-hmm. cake and ice cream. Right. Yeah. You have the tubs. Yeah. The fat kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not the, not yeah, the, the not Americans, the, I guess. Yeah. The tubs. <laughs> Do they just put the fat kids on a wagon and roll them through like like tanks in the town, <laughs> <laughs> liberating the camps? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you put the tubs, the fat kids on the ground, and you put the tubs, actual tubs on top of them, <laughs> and then you just kind of roll the tubs on top of the tubs, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> One of your classic double tub situations. <laughs> tub squared. <laughs> Double decker. Double decker. Hey, there it is. Double decker. I knew it was there somewhere. <laughs> and then uh, after it all is said and done, we get they get to wear little World War II veteran hats like the old people do yeah. these days. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. They get to wear it around Walmart at six in the morning. <laughs> or wherever those guys. Or at McDonald's Walmart. really, yeah. really yeah. early. <laughs> the local Hardee's getting a biscuit. <laughs> Could you imagine just you walk into McDonald's early in the morning, there's this table of six 12-year-old World War II vets. <laughs> Sitting there, <laughs> PTSD. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every time the door opens, they're like, oh, "What was that?" <laughs> Here come the Jerry's. <laughs> but yeah, I think it makes for a memorable. It's educational. It's educational, right? They'll they'll know all about it. They get into that World War II subject matter in school, and they'll be like, "Let me teach you about it. I lived it." <laughs> Don't talk about it. You weren't day. there. <laughs> <laughs> He's in a stupid veteran hat <laughs> in the class. That's my. That's what I do for a kid's birthday party. It's themed. Fun. I like it. 
of World War II Dr. Seuss theme. <laughs> but um, what about y'all? I'm invited to a kid's birthday party. What are y'all doing? Uh, I'm not a kid, so I don't know how to have kid fun, but I only know how to have adult fun. Sure. Adult to... fun with kids? <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> Work your way out of that box. Not in a weird way. No, not um, in a weird way. <laughs> <sighs> I, I only know how to have adult fun. So I try to kind of put my impression on the party. Okay. I bring okay. 48 beers. <laughs> 48 beers specifically. 48 beers to any party I go to. Okay. Is there a reason for that number? Is it just kind of just arbitrary? A good number. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just, just like a good number. number. Okay. Makes sense. I like to bring nice 12 packs to any birthday I go to, pass them out to everybody involved. Right. Um, Including the children. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's obviously. their birthday party. Yeah. I'm not going to leave them out. Sure. Kind of right, rude. Yeah. So give it to everybody. Everybody's getting wasted. Um, <laughs> we're partying. <laughs> We have a DJ, you know, oh, there, cool. cranking up the the rap and hip hop music. Uh, everybody's out on the dance floor. People are doing keg stands in the back. Uh, got a nice twelve year old down in a bush light. Wow! Oh man! Okay. Through a funnel, and it's like a frat house. In <laughs> this there. reminds me of maybe what Michael Jackson's house was like for a very long time. Is Sounds that kind nice. of the thing you're going after? I always seem like it. Always seems like he's a good guy to kind of strive to be mm-hmm. uh, yeah. famous a lot of money king of pop you, you know sing yeah <laughs> dance can moonwalk why wouldn't you want to be him you know <laughs> after they are sufficiently intoxicated do you immediately have a street race with people's cars around the neighborhood yeah of course you have a bunch of braking and enterings and maybe you teach them how to hot wire a vehicle and then have like a fast and furious street race yeah you know adult fun yeah <laughs> where you just commit crimes <laughs> i guess <laughs> Do you dress up in like a sexy little outfit with the the flags in front of the cars? You know, you see Fast and Furious. <laughs> yeah. And you like, you know, you wave them and you do like a hip movement and you pull the flags down real quick. And those kids immediately, they don't go straight in the cars because they can't no. see over the dash. No. They, they <laughs> And they're intoxicated. So <laughs> yeah. They hang a left and hang a right. <laughs> or into a mailbox. Like, is that what happens? I feel like that's what happens. It's what happens. Sure, it's happened before. Who's Nobody remembers. Yeah, who's to say? Yeah. <laughs> At this point, you know. You just stop at beer. So I've got a friend that's looking to make some money, some extra cash. Um, He deals in, uh, let's call them pharmaceuticals. Mm -hmm. If I were to send him to this birthday party, (laughs) uh, would he he leave us some money? Are you trying to sell drugs to the kids? I'm trying to arrange for my friend to sell drugs to Evan. What he does with those those drugs at this kid's birthday party, I don't know. Do you get a cut of this? I don't don't really think that's anybody's business. A referral fee. (laughs) (laughs) Like, are you giving kids LSD, uh, hallucinogenics? Are these kids running around pulling out their hair because they're seeing demons and corners and clowns hanging from the ceiling fan? You keep saying the word you. Are you giving it to them? Are you giving them beer? Are you giving them This is not a court of law. You're not not incriminating yourself. Is there something there on the counter? Uh... (laughs) Maybe that I've, you've baked into a muffin. Yeah, that I may have just accidentally left on the counter uh, for like, anyone to grab. You sure. bring you bring a cake that has been baked uh, and has shrooms in it. Like you bring the birthday cake. Of course, I bring a cake. Everybody needs birthday cake. Yeah, but it has shrooms in it. <laughs> are you drunk during this and on shrooms? Or are you just kind of sitting back and watching your work? Like after they after they get drunk, you're like, let's go drive some cars, and now they're like, yeah, haul yeah, outside. Manifestation of the whole thing. Yeah, I put in all this work. Uh, mm-hmm. I might as well be able to see the first. You of my see labor. the payoff, sure? Right, yeah, right. yeah. I think that's only fair. Yeah, sue me. You know? <laughs> yeah. I think you will. Just I, have I, a I'd, fun. I'd be careful with uh, offering that up. Yeah. Somewhere you are legally liable. You sure about that? <laughs> <laughs> Do you maybe play Russian roulette with them? You have a couple revolvers, six shooters? No, but we do play lawn darts. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I try to keep the guns out of it, so I just like to sharpen giant darts and toss them into the air. Yeah. <laughs> You've always it's, been a more primitive weapons guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It yeah, just seems just, more fair. You have them out in the yard. They're intoxicated running around. You're just tossing lawn darts in the just air. tossing lawn darts, sharpen metal. So I imagine a kid gets a lawn dart in the shoulder. and Does he even feel it, or is he just so... Out of his mind. He's like a juggernaut. Yeah. Uh, not really much is putting him down. Yeah. Besides a car crash. Those parents show up to this party and there's just a kid with a lawn dart hanging out of his shoulder. <laughs> My mom is great. <laughs> it's so much fun. I'm the life of the party. Yeah. And the death of the party. Uh, all right, Alan. 
You go to a kid's birthday party. It's like you're drug along to a child's birthday party. Yeah. Or maybe it's your own child's birthday party. I don't know. However you want to frame it. You don't have a kid. I'm go- I'm probably going to be drugged to this birthday party. Uh, it's not something I want to go to. But as with any birthday party, you've got to show up bearing a gift. Um, if you don't, you're looked down on, treated as less do than. You, do you bear a gift, though? Like, is it kind of like this very formal, almost wise man showing up to Jesus' mm-hmm. manger? Yeah. So it's me <laughs> and two hired actors. We call ourselves Gold, Frankincense, and Myrrh. Yeah. Um, and we each show up bearing different gifts. And you're in, like, robes? Yeah. Oh, definitely. We are all decked out, uh, Middle Eastern attire. Um, <laughs> you have somebody following you along with, like, a long fishing pole that has, like, a star on it? Yeah, we're following yeah. that star oh. all the way to the birthday party <laughs> it's not, jesus is not there um it's a birthday party for jesus is not there for a kid um it is void of jesus but we've got we've got gifts though my first associate he comes in there with just a just a truck bed full of microwaves oh good just used microwaves still got the popcorn kernels inside well some of them do some of them don't yeah, you just it's a, it's a it's a minefield on whether some of them are on. just good for lights you just plug it in, open the door, and the light. It doesn't. It doesn't work, It'd but it works as a great chandelier. night light. Exactly, and that's kind of what we want these people to do: is to sort of get a little bit better at interior decorating. I kind of scope out, scope out the house prior to, and I say, you know, this this family. Why do they decorate so terribly? Like. <laughs> This and you're like, you know what I got? I got some truck. I got some. I've microwaves got. I've got some microwaves you can use for decorating. You need an end table? I got you a microwave. <laughs> do you need a bed frame to put? your mattress on i got you four microwaves you can set that thing on top of do you need a mattress do you I need, have a microwave <laughs> got a bunch of microwaves eight microwaves <laughs> <laughs> whether or not they say yes or no do you start installing the microwaves about their house yeah we just kind of come in and say you know hey we come bearing gifts uh don't even worry about it we'll we'll handle the install um you just sit back enjoy your kid's birthday party yeah so then the second gift um, oh there's three gifts oh yeah there's three gifts yeah there's three guys yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. second gift uh a series of taxidermied animals a taxidermy animal is that's a great Mm -hmm. um yeah anyone specifically is it just random off the top of my head a taxidermy bobcat and they are taxidermied they're not just dead animals animals that you're bringing into the house no they're not they're not just a carcass um <laughs> presentation wise we try to make sure. this this really nice for this family yeah so we you know stuff the animal and put googly eyes on them <laughs> very very classy very professional mm-hmm. do you also offer these items as different parts of their house that they could use yeah yeah it's all it's all decoration you know we think how cool would it be if there was just a just a series of crows above your bed <laughs> Just a murder of crows yeah. right there. Oh, yeah. You sound professional when you uh, say, you, you know, convince you know? <laughs> me you know what you're doing. Yeah, I think like, um, especially if you've got a like a baby in a crib. Is, is the baby taxidermied? The baby is not taxidermied. Okay, okay. What is taxidermied is the uh, great horned owl that looks like it's about to swoop down yeah, into the crib. Yeah, yeah um, absolutely. Yeah, it'd be a great mobile mm-hmm, yeah. item for a baby. Just have some, you know, chipmunks. Yeah, that's right. That's a, right. You know, a lot of. I think. I think dead animals bring a lot to a bring a lot to a home. <laughs> it, um, ironically, dead animals bring a lot of life to a home. People always stop at the at the deer, and I think that there's there's just so many better animals that we can use to uh really round out a room you want it to look like a bass pro shop that's in the, their house. Ex- exactly yeah like why not maybe uh maybe just have a possum just hanging from a cabinet yeah you know which i'm excited about hear about the third one because oh, maybe gosh. that could you add me both yeah because <laughs> i could maybe add to all mm-hmm. the various that's things you could do called bringing a room together that's yeah. it's exactly yeah. what it is and i did want to say you've been getting a lot of reports back of People coming down with like lung cancer and stuff, right? After I'd, I mean, how many is a lot of reports? Um, pretty much everyone you've given one hundred percent of yeah. the people. Wow, okay, you've been a little more than I thought. You've been suffering with asbestos. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's what you do. I know you They're had like, like a lot of leftover asbestos th- in the warehouse. I, I, I thought you were stuffing him with just like normal cotton. You're stuffing him with the carcinogen of asbestos. Yeah, asbestos. it's it's asbestos. It's the yeah, best. It's the, so that makes sense. The it's, best thing to use. Right. That's I, what I, I hear. understand why you made that leap. Mm-hmm. It's as best as it can get, yeah. you know? So I you you lose a lot of workers in this business, don't you? Yeah, anybody that works in uh mills, navy, the shipyards, uh people that come down with asbestos, that's that's essentially what I have working for me. <laughs> you are single-handedly funding those stupid lawyer commercials mm-hmm. on the TV. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. 
All right, what's the third one? What's the third gift? The third one is just a bunch of old DirecTV satellites of all different shapes and sizes. I, I think it's functional. You would have no need for bowls. You got just no eat need for cereal bowls. right out of the, the dish. Mm-hmm. You just, you know, you let's say you've got that table built maybe out of microwaves. Yeah, well, I don't yeah, know. It's just, definitely I'm just I'm just spitballing yeah. here. You set the table with just DirecTV dishes all around, you know, just it's I mean that that's a wide that's a wide dish. You can fit a lot of food on that need, thing. You don't need any places to sit. You just kind of sit right in the dish. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And even then, if if you don't use it for that, you could just have them on stands like throughout the room. Kind of bring the outside in and make your living room kind of feel like your backyard. Definitely. Where definitely. Your With TV microwaves. Are. Really, what we're yeah, what we're sure. trying to do here is is just create just a space, you know, that everybody will feel good relaxing in, you know? You know, as they sit on top of a dish that's on top of a microwave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is not at all fashioned together, so it, it's very precarious. Well, you know, live a little is what I say. Which is a weird thing for a taxidermist to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a taxidermist that fills his animals with asbestos. It, Your punchline is live a little. <laughs> you know, maybe maybe I want to have that house one day, and maybe I want ever. <laughs> maybe I'm just trying to... Kill everybody in the house so I they can die of asbestos and I can just swoop in and take it. It's already decorated really well. Um, I, I already know I enjoy the furnishings, you know. So this really went from what do you do at a kid's birthday party to you're just trying to create real estate. Yeah. At I the end of the day, kids, you know, they're supposed to make us money, I think. <laughs> also, you take out kids, you take out future competition. That's right. What are they? What am I competing for? I think real estate. I think you're just going for houses. Okay, what sure, it sounds like. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's right. Yeah. <laughs> These kids are not gonna. They're not gonna grow up. <laughs> Doesn't matter what the market is. Yeah. Between the asbestos and the dangerous house they live in, they're not making it much further. I don't think so. Um, what kind of uh, what kind of taxidermy animal would you like? Do you do like uh, different animals in like different poses, or is it just kind of the nat- most natural pose? I personally would prefer a platypus in the warrior pose, like the yoga position. The yoga position. Warrior okay. Pose. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's pretty cool. What I, would prefer. I think that's something we could do. The finding the platypus might be a little bit difficult. So. If anybody can do it, I think it's you. I'm sure that I can. But if for some reason I can't manage to source that platypus, is it okay if I take a dead beaver and a dead duck and kind of do work a <laughs> work a little magic? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, Frankenstein that Frankenstein. Yeah, thing yeah. Together. If you need to, I mean, as long as it looks good, that's all I care about. Okay. Uh, at the end of the day, I need it to look good and I need asbestos. Um, <laughs> oh, you're just going for the asbestos. <laughs> What are you doing with these asbestos? Just uh, sniff it like a candle. You know? Oh, <laughs> kind of spread it throughout the house, insulate yeah. a little bit. Yeah, uh, maybe just light it on fire. You you kinda put get it, the fumes you, going. Uh, I know you light the asbestos on fire. Well, I try to get the fumes kind of isn't it moving. Isn't it uh, classically fire retardant? I think that was the whole selling point originally. Actually, <laughs> it doesn't work well, but. <laughs> <laughs> <Damn> <laughs> <it>. <laughs> Savannah's just like shaking her head, and that's why I'm Evan just trying to start it. <laughs> you're, you're like, man, this doesn't catch fire. They should really use this as insulation. <laughs> this would be great for stopping house fires. And you can eat this stuff too, God, like, yeah. man. But yeah, that's what I'm doing. I'm uh, I'm coming to a kid's birthday party. I'm somebody that's bearing gifts, and yeah, if I if I can decorate your home, I'd I'd love to uh, pass my name along. You make it sound like a business. And really, that's my only question. How do you make a profit? Is it just you kill the people in the house and then you sell the house? Yeah, yeah. What I'm doing is <laughs> while they're so while they're so interested in the uh, let's call it a unique decorating job that I've done, I sneak back into their office area, go through the sad little desk they have, looking for their will, yeah. and I just that's not a child, not not a child, it's not a kid named Will. <laughs> I ask Will to find the office for me, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. then I send him on his way. <laughs> but I just write my name just in big bold letters yellow highlighter on the wheel just says Alan for yeah. Alan <laughs> give it to him and that's legally binding the judge is like yeah this makes mm-hmm. sense this yeah is- I've, I've got a witness I use will as yeah. the witness <laughs> uh, you, could, you don't go, you don't find upsetting judges to do this do you no no that's good I like the thought that's of it. you dress as a Middle Eastern person biblical Middle Eastern person yeah biblical Middle Eastern person not like ooh um hope this plane's gonna fly yeah. <laughs> <At least. laughs> not like that yeah. like. keep it light you know <laughs>
But there you go. Three things you can do at a kid's birthday party. Don't even get invited to a birthday kid's birthday party. Just show up. Find one. They have they're happening all the time. Here at Questionably Tour, we value information and knowledge above anything else. Knowledge is power. And we love to be powerful, mm-hmm. right? We sit here. We're sitting here flexing our muscles at each other right yeah. now, yeah. showing how powerful we are. Just sweating. <laughs> yeah. Just sweating. We look Gosh. We look like apes in heat right now. <laughs> <laughs> look like it and feel like it. Which, <laughs> which is convenient because today we are going to uh, let the QD NPR guys talk about a helicopter that turned on a bunch of alligators. Oh, thank God. Yeah, oh, thank God. <laughs> so let's uh, let's jump on there with them. <laughs> Welcome to Cutie NPR. My name is Akizius and I'm joined here with Alejandro and Evanescence. Today we have a very interesting story, one that everybody can understand and relate to. Evanescence, what is today's story? Thank you, Akizius. Today's story is about an owner in Australia of a crocodile farm. It says that mating season has started early this year thanks to the males being put into an amorous mood by the presence of military helicopters. Now, everybody here understands getting turned on by power. (laughs) I believe crocodiles to be no different in this sense. Who here has not been turned on by the power of helicopters flying above them at the end of the star-spangled banner at a football game? A man in uniform. (laughs) The movie Black Hawk Down. Nothing gets me jazzed up. <laughs> better, better than. <laughs> and nothing gets me jazzed up. I'm asexual. <laughs> oh. I, Alejandro, um, you were there on the scene with these horny alligators. <laughs> How sexy was it? <laughs> How sexy? <laughs> How absolutely sexy was it when those? <laughs> How absolutely sexy was it when those helicopters made their way over? <laughs> Yes, Zacchaeus Evanescence, I'm here at the alligator farm, and let me just tell you, things are bad. <laughs> After a flyover by just a just a riveting, riveting Apache helicopter, I've just got alligators on top of alligators, just sweating, <laughs> absolutely in heat. They're running around in circles. They got nowhere to go, but they know where they want to be, and where they want to be is the landing pad for that helicopter. <laughs> Alejandro, is it true that while alligators and crocodiles do not possess horns, they could be considered horny? <laughs> Alejandro, what did the pilot of the Apache helicopter say in your interview with him? Did he do this on purpose? Yeah, um, we spoke with the pilot as soon as he landed, and I think it's safe to say he was rattled. Um, Obviously, this wasn't done on purpose, but the pilot did say, in a weird way, he was flattered. Never has he had so many creatures so interested in him. We had to set the man down and let him know that the alligators were in fact not interested in him, but his chopper. Sounds like a euphemism. (laughs) Yeah. Who's to say? I I assume he wanted his wife to be interested in his chopper, too. (laughs) And much like the opposite of Icarus, he flew too low. Uh, He did take out multiple trees. (laughs) And the chopper was no longer flyable uh, after this last pass he took. (laughs) Oh, he flew over multiple times. He knew what he's doing. He knew. knew. After the first time, he got (laughs) worked. Crocodiles spinning around in circles saying, he made a pass at me. He made a pass at me. You could really call those alligators and crocodiles at that point. (laughs) 
didn't didn't the article say that it was all male alligators? Yes, it was it was all male alligators. I believe the female alligators were were driven from the farm after they realized they could not compete with the helicopter. That is true, and it's a sad story continued uh, because now they cannot get these crocodiles and alligators to breed. Uh, they are asking for people with helicopters to, for assistance <laughs> to maybe do flyovers. <laughs> but it also does bring up an interesting an interesting topic is can alligators marry helicopters? And I think it's something that we've been turning a blind eye to. We've never had to address it, but after this incident in Australia, I feel like something needs to be said. This is a very polarizing topic. <laughs> Transspecies mechanical marriage. People on both sides. Some people saying that it's unnatural. Some saying that, have you ever seen a helicopter and a gator make love? It's beautiful. <laughs> Just blades and tails going everywhere. <laughs> Where does the alligator start and the helicopter end? <laughs> uh, Evanescence, what are some of the the groups that agree and disagree with the union between reptile and helicopter? Because I know of one group called Ereptile Dysfunction <laughs> that does not believe <laughs> that does not believe crocodiles and alligators should be breeding with helicopters. There's a second group that has come up against this as well called Helnocopters. (laughs) They are fiercely against any mating of helicopters in anything, honestly. (laughs) It seems to be the stance they've taken. And on the flip side of that, there's a group that's risen up in support of it, the Helichompters. (laughs) They love to see the union of Chomping animals. They want to let those alligators and crocodiles get all up in that cockpit. (laughs) Gross. But it's safe to say that the government needs to take a stand either way on this. Otherwise, riots and angry crocodiles and people will litter the streets. What say you, Joe? Not Joe Biden. Who's the Australian president? Australian Joe Biden. Whoever you are, <laughs> you anonymous person. <laughs> Pretty sure it's Paul Hogan who plays Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> but it is something that everybody has an opinion about. Do you believe that the union is unnatural, or do you believe that it's okay that these alligators and crocodiles got their jimmies rustled in the land down under? I think something that's a problem that's going to arise what will the female alligators do? Who will they go to for comfort? What aircraft do we need to fly over them? I'm thinking a crop duster. <laughs> a crop duster? We need, to fly over, duster. we need to fly over a crop duster. <laughs> crop duster? <laughs> Where will you take a stand? Here at Questionable Detour NPR, we are objective and we only report. But be assured that we have our own opinions. For Evanescence and Alejandro, I'm Zacchesius. Good night. Oh, man. Well, there you go. They say knowledge is power and a bunch of crocodiles and alligators getting turned on by some helicopters. Why do we not hear about that on regular news? <laughs> Pink, they only want to talk about the bad stuff. They Mainstream don't. media is a fraud. This is what we really want to hear about. <laughs> I don't want to hear about the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. Give me gators and choppers. Yeah. <laughs> I want to hear about some turned-on gators. But thank you, QDNPR. Really, really classing up mm-hmm. our podcast. Like, I don't... Who knows where our podcast would be without those guys? We I think, I think uh, sometimes when we... Sometimes when our program gets a little lowbrow, yeah. and that we know that doesn't happen all the time, yeah. but sometimes yeah. when it does, we have to remind other people that, hey, QDNPR is the flip side of this coin. Right. I mean, it's the yin-yang. That's right. right? That's right. It's the, the balance of life. They keep us humble. <laughs> but uh, speaking of it, the intelligence of this podcast, some people have written in asking for advice. Mm. We are known worldwide to be the three wisest men on this planet. 
The QDNPR might be the smartest. That's right. But we are the wisest. So let's give some people some advice. Legally binding advice. Legally, le- we ha- good point. If you write in to the Questionable Detour podcast and we give you advice, you have to do it. Legally mm-hmm. binding. You have to yeah. do it. You have to do it. At least one, but three is a bonus. <laughs> Can't do all three. <laughs> but uh, let's jump into that. Let's give some people some advice. How can I help? What can I do? I want to do a nice thing for you. I need help. All right. So our first piece of advice comes from none other than our old friend, John Dro. Yeah, John Dro, friend of the podcast. Friend of the program. Uh, he writes in and says, Dearest Detourists, thank you for your phenomenal advice for dealing with the bizarre bathroom situation from a couple weeks ago. That said, a new situation has arisen that I think could benefit from your wisdom. A small part of my job involves testing code blue buttons in hospitals, which are used by clinical staff to send out an emergency message to a response team when a patient goes into cardiac arrest. Important. He sounds important. Yeah, sounds like an important job. As someone also in hospital IT... <laughs> You sound like you do more important things than me. Um, (laughs) Before testing these buttons, I always send out an announcement to alert the code blue response teams that I will be testing so that they don't come running. However, there is often at least one person who misses that memo and comes sprinting into the room I am testing in. They tend to get pretty huffy when they realize no one is dying. How do I smooth things over with the doctors who are mad at me for having a heartbeat? Thanks, John Dro. Conflict resolution. You come to the right place for it. So basically, I mean, I, I think if I'm getting this right, he works on code blue uh, technology that if somebody, you know, flatlines, somebody's dying, it sends a code out. Well, it seems like in his case, it might not always be accurate. And those doctors get mm-hmm. kind of peeved when they come in and they got a living person. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which for healthcare, that's got to be the most annoying thing. I got to say, though, you're a doctor. Your, your job is keeping people alive. If you walk in a room and see a living person... You should be happy. Yeah. You're, you're, yeah. you're doing your job. Yeah. You're doing your job that is and su- your paycheck is still right there. In front yeah. Of you. Like, yeah. Success in the bed right there. You know, like what else can you want? So conflict resolution. Um, well, John Drew, for me, you seem like you have an important job. I guess uh, alarms that are basically crying wolf can be annoying. So here's what I say, John Drew. Don't let them cry wolf anymore. Don't let false alarms go off anymore. Go around and start unplugging machines that are keeping people alive Mm -hmm. if those doctors are annoyed when they come in that room that coding room and there's a living person that bed don't let that happen anymore go around start unplugging machines start pressing buttons start yanking on tubes actually have a bunch of codes go off in the hospital Mm -hmm. a bunch of people flatlining that way those doctors every time that code goes off they know 100 percent something has happened Will they follow the pattern and realize that John Dro is the one going to each of these every every room John Dro goes in? <laughs> There's a code? Maybe. I don't know how smart your hospital is, John Dro, but I'm just saying they seem like they're annoyed that there's living people in those rooms. Make it so there's not living people in those rooms. That's smart. So there's no more false alarms because everything's an alarm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah every, I like that. Yeah, there's no room for false alarms if yeah, if everything's an alarm, yeah. That's exactly that's exactly my thought process for Tondra. I was thinking kind of this uh, similar similar idea. Um, if you accidentally set one of those alarms off, you know that doctor's going to come running. You know he's going to be mad. Go ahead and wound yourself. <laughs> Make a couple of uh, well placed incisions on your body. Let the blood flow. Yeah. yeah. Um, that doctor, um, Hippocratic oath, says I think he's got to do. <laughs> Whatever he can to get in there and fix you up. He won't be worried about who set off the alarm and why, because he's going to walk in there and see exactly why. <laughs> There's a guy bleeding all over this floor. Cut his femoral artery with yeah, a, with a yeah. butcher's knife. Mm-hmm. Try to dig in his body and find his pancreas. You know. <laughs> I think that's a good. I think it's a good idea. Give him another reason to be uh, mm-hmm. be there. You know. Yeah. If it's a false alarm, just go in there and self harm. <laughs> And just think about how he's going to go home and he's going to think he saved a suicidal person. Yeah. He's going to question why the suicidal person's continuing coming back mm-hmm. to work. Why they work there, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and why they keep on doing it. But uh, one step at a time, you know? It's, nobody ever said long-term thinking is a good thing. <laughs> short-term, short-term, short-term. I think it, I think that's good. Yeah. What about you, Evan? What, what should John Drew do in this conflict between he and peeved doctors? Just off the dome. I think what he needs to do is gather the entire hospital into the room that he's testing. Hmm. Bring cupcakes, some kind of dessert, yeah. um, some balloons, some party oh. favors. Yeah. That way, whenever someone does storm in the room, 
Make it look like you wanted them to come in, you know? <laughs> they make it like a party a for them. birthday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a little little party for them. Because like, oh, you were responding to this alarm? Actually, happy birthday. Yeah. <laughs> um, then they won't be mad at you because you have cupcakes, dessert, and the entire hospital is hospital staff is now sidetracked with you in this room, mm-hmm. um, not tending to the patients. But uh, I think it's worth it. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little hit to patient care. A little dip in patient care isn't going to hurt the hospital, you know, but mending a relationship mm. between an upset doctor and someone just trying to do their job, that's priceless. What's more important, What's saving more important? the lives of the living or saving the lives of somebody that survival of the fittest didn't appreciate? Exactly. I think what you could do also for this doctor is you just, you move all the important people in the hospital in that room so that he walks in and sees them there. And then maybe the people who do other jobs in the hospital, you let them do the doctor's jobs. <laughs> like the the receptionist, yeah, like, yeah, the, back there the, the janitor. Let him, uh, let let him give him a few cc's of something. <laughs> Just give him a few cc's. Just what? Just give him a something. stat. <laughs> <laughs> Scalpel, you know? yeah. <laughs> but I think that's good too because one of two situations will happen when you do this method. Either every time a code alarm goes off. You're going to have everybody in the hospital in that room, mm-hmm. you know, thinking it's another like party yeah. or people are getting so annoyed. Nobody comes at all because <laughs> they're like, I don't have time for another party right now. You win either way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you don't have to face the doctor. That's the <laughs> <Yeah>. point. <laughs> Jondro said nothing about saving the people, just that he wanted to smooth it over with hey, the doctors. Hey, he's not, Jondro's not a doctor. He just yeah. works at the hospital. Yeah. He could care less what happens to these yeah. guys. He didn't take the physician's Hippocratic Oath. Yeah. He just is working the alarms. Mm-hmm. It's not on him. I don't think they took an oath. But yeah, there he goes, Jondro. Legally, you have to choose one of these. Good luck. Legally. <laughs> Choose one of them. Choose all of them. It's up to you, but you have to choose one of them. But I hope that works out for you. Let us know, obviously, uh, which which one you choose, um, which one works best for you. But I thank y'all. Thank you, Jondro, for writing in, letting us, mm. letting us give wisdom. What does is, what is, uh, Jondro get from the gas station when he wakes up on a Saturday morning early before going into the job site? Funyuns. Funyun, yeah. Funyuns. Uh, hostess Twinkie. Yeah. And probably a, mount, a monster energy drink. I, I, yeah. I think the breakfast of champions. But speaking of wisdom, we have two little wisdoms we have to give left. It's the traditional one-liner wisdom. What do mm. y'all got? When you grow old, you can either be a grandfather hmm. or you can be a grandfather. I think that I think that's so wise. I don't understand. You can be like a grandfather or a grandfather. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. <laughs> it's just how you emphasize it. I understand. Yeah. I understand. All right, Alan, what you got? You can always use printer paper in place of toilet paper, but you can never use toilet paper in place of printer paper. <laughs> oh, man. We love office wisdom. <laughs> you learning that the hard way? Yeah. Nothing like a, nothing a little IBS doesn't, uh, <laughs> doesn't come into play with. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But there you go. So much wisdom at the end of that podcast. People are lucky. I um, know how lucky they really oh, are. Gosh. No kidding. Saturday workers, if you have advice... I mean, you just saw the advice we gave. It's excellent. If you have a hypothetical question you want us to answer, questionabledetourpodcast at gmail.com. Um, but that's it. You guys want to be done? Mm-hmm. They're getting turned on. All of them. Stop flying the helicopters. They're getting turned on. I can't, we can't control them anymore. They're so horny. The crap, you won't stop pumping. Quit flying the choppers. Wait. Ground the choppers! Ground the choppers! All he can think about is the blades on that chopper. <laughs> the hummy's got me a little aroused too, I gotta say. <laughs> Expect the <laughs> <laughs>